0: Welcome back to Over Here, the podcast from Outside in Music. I'm really excited today to be sharing a conversation that I had with a great alto saxophonist based here in New York named Andrew Gould. His new record, First Things First, comes out very soon, March 30th, 2018, uh, on Outside in Music. And Andrew has been writing and arranging a lot of music. He's been playing all over the city, but I don't want to spoil anything for you guys. So we're going to let Andrew tell you about it right now. All right, today we have... A great saxophonist, Andrew Gould, here on the podcast. And Andrew has a new album coming out on March 30th, uh, 2018. Andrew, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Um, So you're a working saxophonist here in New York, and I know that, but maybe some people don't know you uh, personally yet. So could you fill in people a little bit of your backstory and how you got from uh, where you came from to where you are today?
1: Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, I actually grew up on Long Island. Um, And I started playing saxophone probably around age 9 or 10 in elementary school And I was really lucky because my elementary school starting from the ground up had a really good music program And a lot of the teachers there were people that subbed on Broadway and that you know just took music really seriously So as I kind of got older and older I was pursuing music saxophone more and more seriously came time to go to college and I wanted to study music. I had already taken some lessons with guys like Gary Smulyan and Dave Pietro when I was in high school. Um, so, yeah, then I, I went to SUNY Purchase for my undergrad, um, studied with Jimmy Green and Steve Wilson and Todd Kuhlman. Then um, did my master's in Manhattan School of Music and hung out with Garzone, Dave Liebman, Phil Markowitz. And, yeah, graduated 2010, started working professionally on the scene and, you know, eight years later, here I
0: am. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so this is your first record, right? Yes. first As a leader, that is, that is a leader. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and did you always know that you wanted to pursue a career in jazz music or was there a certain kind of moment in your life that kind of led you to think you wanted to do this?
1: I think it was, it was probably around my junior year of high school when you know, I was having a college talk, you know, with my with, with my parents, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, you need to f- figure out something that you want to major in. Like, is there anything that you feel like you you would envision yourself doing for the rest of your life that you think, you know, that makes you happy, that you like, that you feel like you're good at?" And the only thing that I could think of <laughs> was was playing saxophone, playing jazz, and just basically being a musician. You know, so at that point, I was like, "Okay, I guess I should really start working hard." You know, so I kind of had like that click when I was a junior in high school, and from then on is when I really started pursuing it and trying to take it really seriously. You know.
0: Mm -hmm. And so, what was your experience like, kind of being at Purchase? Because it's so close to the city yet a little bit removed. How did that affect your development?
1: Um, I think it was actually I loved being at Purchase for that exact reason because you can kind of still be in your own bubble. You could still feel like you're. You know, you're going to college and you're being a normal kid on a college campus, Um, but I could basically bury myself in a practice room for as long as I wanted and feel like I wasn't stressed out about being right in the city, but I could still come in and see shows and take the train or I would grab a ride with my friends and, you know, I would go into New York City several times a week, you know, to either go to a jam session or or see a show or, or something, you know. Um, but then I can also kind of escape it and just be in my practice room bubble, or you know, just hang out. So it was a really good balance, I think, for me.
0: Nice. And so, what are you? What all are you up to musically here in New York nowadays? I know, obviously, you're leading your own band, but I know you're a prolific sideman as well. So, <laughs> so what? Uh, what are some of the other things that you're up to?
1: Um, well, I, I do a lot of subbing with with other people's groups like I sub at the Vanguard Jazz Orchestra sometimes and the Mamba Legends Orchestra which is like a lot of the the alumni from um, Tito Puente's bands um and yeah a lot a lot of groups like that um let's see I I play yeah and just like a a myriad of other big bands too do a lot of section work um you know some R&B horn section recording and funk stuff and I also kind of co-lead another project called Nuff Said which is all like original R&B soul jazz music and me and tour around europe we've been to asia before and, you know we constantly are writing and recording new music um, most of which is written by myself but then the band kind of all we kind of all arrange it together you could say um and yeah then I, i'd also do some different small group projects like with the piano player stephen feifke who's one of the who's the piano player on my album too and a bunch of other projects with different people doing original jazz music big band music in the city just a host of various different things, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> you know, that yeah. uh, kind, of, kind of leads us right to the record. So why don't we just talk a little bit about the record now? So could you tell us what it's called, who's on it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So uh, my first album is called First Things First. Um, it features Stephen Feifey on piano, Marco Panacea on bass, Jake Goldbass on drums, um, Scott Wenholt on trumpet, and uh, vocalist Juana Vinci uh, as well.
0: So, how did you put and, um, uh, that band together so a, it's a good cast of characters
1: um yeah it's just guys that i've been playing with in various other projects you know like i, I met steve on a random gig probably like five years ago or so and we kind of just clicked musically instantly and had been playing with since and he you know he was calling me for some of his projects including his his um sextet recording and you know i just thought he would be a great fit for the music that i envisioned for this project and you know, I, I actually met Marco Panacea playing um, a Sunday nights at the bar next door with Peter Maza. And, um, yeah, Marco just has, like, a great, great sensibility, great time feel, great sound. Um, and Goldbass was actually a classmate of mine in Manhattan School Music. And we played together there and then on and off since we both graduated. And so, yeah, just the, the music that I wrote, I, I figured, you know what, let me give these guys a call, try it out with them and they just made it, made it happen, you know? And so we had been playing together for two years on and off doing doing dates at smalls and some rehearsals and stuff. And it just felt like it was the right time. Like I was happy enough with the music that I wrote and everybody knew the music really well. So by the time we got to the studio, there were no surprises. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just had a great session.
0: So how did uh, Scott and uh, the vocalist kind of fit into? Yeah. Lecture?
1: So. Um, Ioana the vocalist is actually, she's the, the band leader of that project Nuff Said I was talking about which is that funk, funk soul jazz project and um, that's just since I started playing in that band I just like developed a large interest for that kind of music you know and checking out all that stuff so I really wanted to have a little bit of that be reflected on my own album too you know mm-hmm. because I feel like that's a large part of like my own musical identity now so yeah I thought it'd be great to have her on a track and kind of play a little bit more in that style. And then Scott is just one of my favorite trumpet players like, of all time. Just his approach, the way he plays, the way he phrases harmonically what he's doing. You know, I think it's super cool. Um, so I really wanted to get a chance to do a couple of quintet tracks with him as well.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I'm glad you did because he's, yeah, I agree. He's one of yeah, the best. One of the best you. for sure. So yeah. You went in and uh, you recorded all this music now that you've kind of you're kind of almost through the process or coming up a couple weeks away from the release what would you say were some of the biggest challenges that you faced in kind of trying to get this record together
1: um honestly i i think that the biggest challenge for me is just getting it started like once once i booked once i built up enough courage to book the actual studio recording date everything else kind of fell into place you know um that that gave me a jump start and like inspiration wise at least to start writing music and and really go for it but it was just taking the initial step um for me and then everything else i felt like was i mean i don't want to say it was smooth sailing because it's all hard work you know Mm -hmm. but nothing about it was i i feel like was ever really work or it, it was it was actually like difficult it was it was just time time spent, but it was all like doing something that I enjoy, even the mixing and listening back to this take and being like, "Oh boy <laughs> you know or or, or or picking between one take or another or deciding on a mix or any of that kind of stuff like it was all it was all great, and it was a huge learning experience too, you know
0: so now that so, you, yeah, just the initial step yeah, getting this started it's always it's always a challenge. so what would you say you know now as a grizzled veteran of making records (laughs) what what do would you have any advice for you know younger musicians maybe you know the next generation down from us that are thinking of starting to think about this stuff and trying to make their own records
1: yeah well i I think at least for me um the most important thing is don't don't rush i did definitely didn't rush into it and i'm kind of happy about that you know i felt like i took my time and and um really waited until i was ready at least i felt ready to, to put out something that was like a cohesive statement musically and represented, you know, at least where I'm at musically now, you know? And so I, you know, I, I spent, like I said, I spent like the last two years just playing with basically the same band, you know? And like, by the time we even got to the studio, everybody already knew the song super well. We already knew how we were going to shape the song dynamically, like how each track was, was going to kind of come out, you know? So there were no real surprises. It, it made for a very relaxed, and fun studio atmosphere where we can just kind of let loose you know and that's like the most important thing to me is like I don't really want to be worrying about you know like oh like how I'm going to shape this song musically or like you know not really being inside the music enough like having that is something that I already know and I already already know how to shape the music and now it's just going in there and executing something that I'm used to with people that I'm used to playing with you know I think that's really important is having like a develop band sound with people too
0: Mm -hmm. so what would you say is kind of the concept of the record it's called first things first what what do you i know we've talked about the players we've talked about some of the music and can you tell Mm -hmm. us about the concept of this
1: yeah um the concept i i actually called it first things first literally because i just wanted this to be a collection of music that was the most important to me that i feel like reflects the stuff that I've been doing since I started really working professionally in the city, you know, and that's like, that, that's literally what I mean by first things first. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of music that's more or less, it's, it's pretty straight ahead for the most part because it's a lot of what I've been doing, but there's like a track on there. That's like super funky and I use like an effect pedal. Um, there's another one that's, that's like, like super slow and like almost like a, like a six eight gospely kind of feel. That's the one that um Iwana sings on. It's kinda of like a slow R and B vibe. Um, and yeah, there's a throughout different parts of different tracks it goes it goes more into that too. But the, you know, there's a couple of originals that are a little more like towards the modern jazz end and you know, a blues and yeah, just just kind of a a a sampling of the things that I've been doing the most.
0: Got it. And so What's next for you? Like where do you see yourself going? You've got the records coming out and then I know you have a few gigs coming up. Like so what's what where do you see yourself headed after this? Well, I want to
1: try and play more with this band for sure. Um and just try to play gigs both in and out of town and actually, you know, be playing more as a leader in a small group, you know, and because that's something I feel like I haven't done a whole lot since. I mean, I've done it, but not as much, you know, I usually work in town and as a sideman playing other people's projects and I love doing that. I really, really love doing that, you know, but I also really want to be playing small group jazz and writing more songs and, you know, actually be doing, you know, doing that kind of a thing. So that's something I want to pursue a lot more. I want to continue writing more music and, you know, record something else and have it be different than this, you know, just because this, just this recording was such a huge learning experience. And I feel like if I do another recording next and it's a slightly different style, all it's going to do is just contribute to the overall musical awareness, you know, and and just help me improve as an artist and 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 grow.
0: Totally. So what do you think? you could tell a younger musician a lot of people that you know listen to our show happen to be younger musicians people coming up and maybe they have the dream that they want to move to new york and maybe they're wherever in california or indiana or something and they want they've talking they're talking about moving to new york and so what advice might be able you be able to offer those younger musicians that want to kind of pursue the same path as you
1: sure sure well um you know i, I definitely get a lot of people asking that question too, students and, and young people also and You know, I I think one of the most important things is that a lot of students come and they want to know like the simple solution to how do I get from where I'm at now to sounding like a professional or being a professional. And honestly, there's really no secrets. There's no shortcut. It's just hard work and practice and immersing yourself completely. You know, and like when I was in school. I was listening to music 24/7. Like anytime I was like if I was walking from one class to another, I was listening to music. I was practicing all the time, playing rehearsals all the time. Just 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 com- like completely living and breathing it, you know. And so there's really no secret. You just have to you have to just go for it 100%. And you'll wake up 3 years later and you're not going to realize, you know, you don't you never realize how you improve from one day to the next day. But if you if you fast forward 3 years, you're gonna be like, wow, you know? So I think that's the important thing is to just stay positive, stay motivated, and stay open to as many different things, you know? Don't, don't tell yourself, oh, like, I'm not into this style, I don't like this style. All right, maybe it's not your cup of tea, but I guarantee you that there's something good to be learning, you know, to, to learn from it. You know, a skill that you can you can attain from, from, from learning that style. And the more versatile you are, the more flexible you are, the more you're going to work as a professional musician. So stay open stay positive and, and work hard. And yeah, unfortunately there's no huge secret. That's, that's just how it is.
0: Mm -hmm. So is there anything that you're doing now, either regularly or semi regularly, even that you had no idea that you would be doing it? Like when you were in college or coming up? Hmm.
1: That's a good, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, I never really thought that I would be playing, um, as much like groove music and like funk and R&B and that's you know unfortunately I'm ashamed to admit it but that's that's a whole side of music that I didn't really check out or was totally fully aware of till after I graduated school Mm -hmm. and I was on the scene and I was playing and I found myself at like Club Groove or Cafe Wa or something with a with a band full of guys that are like R&B dudes and they're like you know this tune and I'm like uh no (laughs) (laughs) you know and they're like man all right you got to go check out like maceo parker or grover yeah. washington or or you know whoever or marvin Gaye and like learn this tune and i'm like wow okay i really have a lot of homework to do and so it was a huge eye-opener just to like realize that there's so much music out there it's crazy it's not just like learning all the jazz standards you know that's one that's super important like extremely important you know but you're gonna wind up on a lot of gigs that have a whole different collection of music and require an entirely different style you know you can't you can't play over that song and play like Charlie Parker or else you, it's not going to sound right. You know, maybe right. some guys are going to dig it cause they can tell where you're coming from. But a lot of people are not going to know what, what the hell's going on. And so that's <laughs> what I mean. It's like, it's super important to be like as versatile and flexible as possible. You know, that's something I'm still, I'm still working on. You know, I still get called for a gig and I'm like, Oh man, like I got to check this shit out. Like, you know,
0: Hmm.
1: so yeah, I, I think it's just, it was really shocking to me just to see how many different styles of music there are and how many people, you know, in New York, there's like, there's a whole hip hop scene and guys that can play you like this beat and that beat, you know, from this record. And yeah, Jay Dillavis and, you know, or then you go to, you know, like an, another session at Rockwood Music Hall and they're calling all like top 40 stuff, you know, and then you go to Smalls and it's all standards. It's like, there's pockets, you know, yeah. and, you know at least not everybody likes to do that not everybody wants to be flexible people want to just focus on their one thing but at least for me like i i kind of like the idea of being flexible because i feel like it all contributes to to your sound you know mm-hmm. and and it opens you up to that many more more potential gigs
0: yeah totally yeah what i like to tell students is uh just like whatever thing that you're most passionate about like whatever small niche of the music genre that there's that every other little niche has somebody like you that's equally as passionate about that thing so if you want to like play in the city you have to like think of that there's that guy so you need to at least sort of try to get to his level on like you know whatever you're passionate about because it's totally true because it's just these guys like you're saying like all these little pockets everywhere of people doing super deep work like on whatever kind of music but, yeah, and
1: I, I never, I, I even had a lesson with Garzone when I was in high school music, and I think I brought that up when I finally started like realizing how people can get so specific in every style, and I was like George, what do I do? Like, how can I possibly tackle all this stuff? And he's like, Ange, welcome, welcome to the new millennium. Like, you gotta be all, you gotta be on top of everything. Deal with it, bro. And I was
0: like,
1: <laughs> All right, all right, got you.
0: Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else you wanna? want to add or anything you want to plug coming up where people can get in touch with you where they can get the record
1: sure sure well you know i mean you can find my album first things first is on itunes amazon i think it's going to be on spotify probably pretty soon and you know there's there's some videos on youtube you can go to my website andrewgoldmusic.com um there's going to be a pre-release show at smalls on march 22nd 10 30 um for my long island crew there's a show at the jazz loft on april 14th at 7 p.m and then the next weekend, there's going to be a, a show at Jazz Standard. Um, the, brunt, the brunch set, 12 p.m., and it's going to be live video. And Scott's going to be there. is going to be there. The whole band's going to be there. Um, so, yeah, March 22nd, April 14th, and a- April 21st.
0: Amazing, man. Well, thanks so much. The record sounds really great, and so I'm really glad we could connect for a little bit today.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Nick. You got it, man. All righty.
0: Take care. All right. Take care. Well, there you have it there was a great conversation i had with andrew gould i'm really glad that he could be a part of our overhear series here on the outside of music podcasts if you're not already subscribe on itunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts for something new every single monday and uh, check out our youtube channel new videos dropping from two new artists very very soon Uh, on the youtube channel and uh, of course thanks for listening thanks for being here we'll be back again next week with another episode so stay tuned and we'll talk to you soon